Welcome, everyone, to Taxing Poetic. This is hotel, motel, Airbnb, <laughs> hospitality, and sales tax. Today, we'll be discussing the um, intricate world of all the fees we pay when we want to go somewhere cool. And my name is Jenny. I am the skipper of the SS nerdship here. And I will let our captain introduce himself. I'm Captain Timothy Howe, and uh, the CEO and founder of Synexus. Good to be here. First yes. time he's ever called himself Timothy. There you go. Oh, so formal. I decided to get a little formal today. <laughs> and when I'm not the so skipper. you call me Captain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm not the skipper well, on the SS Nerdship, <laughs> I am a supervisor with Synexus Tax Solutions. Awesome. Yeah. So, okay. And our producer? Oh, yeah. I forgot about him. Hi. This guy. Yeah. Yeah, Good. the random, the random nice dude sitting next to you who just pulled off the street. I know. <laughs> exactly. Keeps us going here. Keeps JB. Good to see you. Yeah. JB, nice to see you. Mm -hmm. Thanks for being here to learn about hotel and motel, Airbnb. Very excited. Yes, it is very exciting. So I'm about to reveal everybody some very sensitive and classified information. Oh my gosh. And JB, I need you to unblock me on your phone because you're <laughs> going to be my one phone call after this. So here we go. Okay. Tim, we know that they used your brain to map chat GPT for sales tax. <laughs> they just downloaded all the information in there. And when people type in sales tax questions, it is the information that you have stored over many years. And just in full disclosure, that's why you can't trust it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. Also, but more on that later. However, I have you know some experience in multiple fields and industries with sales tax. But what I'm trying to say is, I am not a ChatGPT, and I'm going to need some more like intro level, you know, ex uh, knowledge. Knowledge. Thank you. I'm going to need go. some more intro level knowledge on hotel and motel. Hotel taxes. and motel. So I'm going to be learning along with everyone else. Okay. Um, this is new to me. We have a new client uh, just the past few months. I've been learning uh, some more about this industry, and it's pretty interesting and exciting, applicable to. All of us, we all um, travel. Hopefully. A lot of weirdness. That A lot you didn't of weirdness. Really, know actually existed. I have paid right? these taxes uh, for years and years, never known why I do other than complain about them. So I'm glad you're here to download. We're going to get into a little bit of that too, right? Yes, awesome. yes, we're going to download. Um, but real quick, because we're taxing poetic, I have another haiku that I wrote. Let me get let me get my materials here. I just bumped the mic. Sorry about that. It's okay. Okay. Here we go. Five, seven, five. five no pressure. Seven, five. I'm okay. just gathering my thoughts. <laughs> Don't listen to Tim. He really likes wearing scarves because he's so bougie. <laughs> and if you'd ever watched Mean Girls, you would know that podcast days are the days we wear scarves. Okay. So, well, please keep that in mind. I guess podcast time. days will not be on my calendar anytime <laughs> soon. <laughs> Minus that big picture behind us. Correct. Exactly. <laughs> I think that people are expecting scarves is what I'm saying. So and someone was, who will yes. remain nameless has a picture of me in a beret, and that will never come <laughs> to surface. <ever. laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. we shall see. Exactly. So, all right. All right. So I'm done um, taxing poetic 
with my haikus about scarves. Awesome. And uh, I'm going to let you start taxing poetic about hotel motel tax. Yeah. So in all honesty, I think we're probably going to change this into a little bit of a uh, kind of a question and answer kind of session. Right. And, and right. I think you wanted to you know, get educated and I do. know a little bit more about the occupancy taxes and per room night fees and all the fun stuff mm -hmm. that actually comes along with uh, hotel motel occupancy taxes. So, um, you know, the, the big thing to understand is that if you do, if you are in the hotel industry, and I'm sure anybody who's listening who works in the hotel industry with relation to taxation knows that um, it, it is a very complex environment. If you think about, um, you know, when you go to a Marriott or if you go to, you know, any kind of full service hotel, you have a restaurant, right? So they may have food and beverage taxes, they may have liquor taxes, and then you've got the hotel itself, which can be subject to standard sales taxes. And then they have all these convention and visitor bureau taxes and all these other things that go along with staying in a hotel, which jacks up obviously the price of your stay. Right, because you're checking in and they're like, hey, our room rate is $79 a night. You think you got a great deal. And then when you check out, how much is it? A lot more than that. Like a hundred and some bucks. Correct. Right? Yes. Could have could have upwards of like 20, 20% yes. sometimes. And, and we've all been burned by that. Right. I know. If you're traveling somewhere, especially post-COVID, you know, it's like they're trying to make up some fees. Yeah. Sticker shock. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and a lot of people are wondering like, okay, well, why, why do these fees exist? Right? What are we doing with them? What are governments doing with them? Well, Stadium taxes, right? We 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 all like going to you know watch football games and seeing the Falcons and you know seeing the uh, the Braves and and you know for me the Seahawks and the Mariners and stuff like that from my hometown in Seattle. Um, but a lot of those stadiums are are funded through referendums for transient taxes. Transient taxes being what travelers, tourists, Bingo. people who don't live in your state, right? Because the people who live in the state typically don't want to what pay for them other that's people visiting that's exactly right you do not want to pay for these transient occupancy taxes and so it's like easier it's like well, okay well hey atlanta's a great town for conventions we have a great you know the world congress center is an amazing convention facility um and we bring a lot of tourism here every single year so why not have the tourists fund our football stadiums or help fund our football stadium or help fund our brave stadium or what have you so and so outside of just fees that are tacked onto tickets, so you also have fees that tacked onto hotel rooms, right? That's kind of a big thing. It's not paid by the constituents that we talked about. It's, you know, an easy way to supplement the tax base and increase revenue, which is extremely important. And, you know, it can fund another, you know, a multitude of things outside of even just um, uh, stadium fees. I mean, these fee, you know, these fees and these taxes can go to police and fire and, you know, all the other necessary things. Um, Which goes to what we've talked about in other episodes, the fundamental fairness of activity in a state. That's right. Uh, someone who lives in the state is paying other taxes, sales tax, property tax, income tax. People coming into the state to visit still have to be protected by uh, fire, police, you know, ambulance, uh, you know, if an accident happens. That's right. And someone has to pay for that. Exactly. And why not do it through exactly. a transient, transient tax. tax? There you yes. go. Okay. So, you know, and, and the other thing is, too, is, you know, as we talked a lot about this, it's sometimes it, it is a good place to hide additional revenue. Right. Um, and we talk about hiding revenue. You know, it, it's not so much that a, a state or a municipality is actually trying to disguise or, or you know, 
I know you're making them sound very sneaky. No, they're not sneaky. You know, well, maybe they, they kind of are sneaky. But <laughs> is it the, hiding revenue or hiding fees? Uh, it could be well, either or. It's hiding oh. revenue, like from the government? No, oh. it's actually collecting revenue, but like more of an easy way to pass a tax to collect additional revenue. I mean, money. not what you do on your personal taxes, right, obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, the fact that yeah. your bank account's in the Caymans, we didn't ask any questions. <laughs> no, yeah. Okay, that's true hiding of revenue. Perfect. But no, um, it's, you know, it's much easier to pass when you think about. Um, voting on legislation or, or you know, if you're a, a constituent that lives somewhere, do you want somebody taking an additional half a percent of your income? Do you want to see a half a percent income tax increase? Or would you see a penny on gas taxes or yes. a penny on hotel taxes, right? A penny per dollar. It's a lot easier. It seems a lot less to consume. Much more palatable. That's right. Yes, for a voter. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, and as you've discussed, you definitely want to vote and, and approve those bond taxes for education and other sure. things for your kids. Absolutely. Right. And, and we want good roads and we want to increase, you know, yes. transportation taxes to, you know, to fund our highways. And we want our cities to look nice. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. what, what, what not an easier way except to do this through in one avenue too, hotels and motels, right? right? Have people from even outside the state have to pay for it. Yes. Um, one thing that a lot of people don't understand though, is that in this modern advent of, you know, Airbnbs and VRBOs and, you know, all these other- Wait, 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 hold on. It's Verbo now. Right, that's what I was gonna say. I just it. got called out for that too. It's Verbo, not VRBO. Mm. No, I feel the same. I'm not happy about it. Uh, yeah, for those of you who cannot see my look of dismay, yes. I have a look of dismay because yes. I just got corrected. You just on... got a major eye roll, but yeah, I'm I'm sticking with VRB. Can we just make up words? Is that what we're doing now? I mean, I'm fine with that. Is Verbo going to be in the dictionary? Is there like a de definition around? It might that? be the word of the year. The oh my year. god, <laughs> Jenny's got her vote in for the word of the year, Verbo. Okay, so, so anyways, yes, anyway. with Airbnbs and and Verbos, um, uh, you're being verbose about Verbos. <laughs> <laughs> they are subject to these occupancy taxes as well. Um, and the reason is, is because when you actually look at the definition of an occupancy tax, and here comes, I guess, Jenny's definition of me being chat GPT um, with taxes. If you actually go into statute and you read what the definition of, or, you know, what actually um, is construed as a short-term stay in a hotel, Airbnb and Verbos actually fit that definition. Right. Okay. It's typically anything that is under 30 days. Okay. Um, that is not the standard. I mean, it, it, that's not the standard rule in every jurisdiction. I want people to make sure that you understand that. But for the most part, most jurisdictions adhere to a 30 day rule. Mm -hmm. So if you're staying somewhere longer than 30 days, it is actually considered to be an extended stay and may not be subject to the local hotel and motel occupancy taxes after that point. What tax would it be after that point though? Uh, you just have standard sales tax, standard that, would sales tax. that would typically apply. Yeah, 100%. Yep. Okay. Um, and in some in some instances, no taxes would apply. Um, we There are certain jurisdictions that look at, you know, those types of stays as being long-term stays. It's why you don't pay sales tax on the rent of an apartment, right? So if you enter into a rental agreement for an apartment or for somebody's house, and you're gonna be there for, let's say longer than six months, then that dwelling would not be subject to either in sales or use tax because it's a long-term rental of real property. That's interesting. Why yep. do they not charge, there's no property tax, right? That's right. Okay. Yeah. Maybe well, there there technically rent. is property tax. Mm -hmm. So, you know, apartment complexes are paying property taxes and okay. it's it's paid by the management company right. and it's all a component of your rent, but you don't pay any sales tax in your rent. But what about an extended stay hotel? Extended stay hotel, it depends on the jurisdiction. Okay. Um and and the thing is, again, with extended stay hotels, you are typically 
the rent has a component of quote unquote property tax inside of it. It's a cost. It's part of the cost of goods sold of them actually providing you the room. Okay. So it's been accounted for. Oh, so they're okay. paying the property taxes. It's just not coming directly out of your pocket. Interesting. Yep. It's not an on top of tax. That's not exactly. Okay. Yeah. It, okay. it would be inclusive. It's not hidden. No, it's not hidden at all. Okay. Nope. But a lot of jurisdictions will um, go ahead and continue to pay the sales tax. It's just you wouldn't be subject to the room occupancy or the per, per room night fees. And that's the other thing we haven't talked about is like, what is the structure of these taxes? Yes. Let's go back. Yeah. Yeah. Structure of tax. So the structure of taxes typically, as we've been talking here, is usually, you know, historically in our past episodes, has been talking about sales and use, mm -hmm. right? Um, sales tax, use tax, whatever it might be, retailers, occupation tax, a lot of those things say, you know, whatever a state wants to call it, transaction privilege tax, mm -hmm. right? In Arizona. TPT. TPT. Uh, it's all the stuff that basically fits the standard definition of sales and use. Well, these hotel and occupancy taxes truly have different definitions. They have different names because they're based off of different things. It will be based off of a per night fee. So on, you know, each room night that it's occupied, you would pay a fee per night. So it'd be 50 cents, $2. Some jurisdictions have $3 per night, mm -hmm. right? That you charge on an occupied room up until 30 days. Um, you may have a percentage of the total room charge that would be subject to a tax that would be an occupancy tax mm -hmm. on any nights that would be less than 30 days. So the structure of the taxes are a little bit different. And because of how the what we call the imposition statutes, the way the taxes actually being imposed, that super nerdy, it is super nerdy. Okay. But it's it's the way that they actually draft the law to impose the tax, on, okay. you know, on a taxpayer, mm -hmm. um, or, you know, ultimately, basically on a customer consumer. Now, hold on. Yeah. Are these also the rates? Do they still post them on the door? In the hotel room. So are they required to do that stuff? Little known fact, and here comes geek geek. Yes. Okay. So those room fees that are actually posted on the back of your door are the maximum amount that the hotel can technically charge you per night. Really? Yes. And are I assume legally obligated to post that? That's right. And okay. it actually the reason it is is to prevent price gouging, right? Right. So if if anybody was very familiar, we had a very interesting uh, scenario here in Atlanta a number of years ago, about 15, no, actually about 20 years ago, um, when the uh, NBA All-Star Game was in town. Mm -hmm. And you had certain hotels that were actually charging upwards of $1,000 a night when their average room rate was normally mm -hmm. like $129. Mm -hmm. So like a courtyard um, or a Days Inn uh, could be charging seven to eight hundred dollars of what they call a rack rate all right a rack rate that's Sounds what like it is a racketeering rate. Uh, in all honesty it does kind of seem like a racketeering rate when you're looking at the total value but what they said was hey we're allowed to charge this because our maximum posted room rate on the back of the door is 999 dollars a night oh for real and so oh. even though because what they typically do with hotel rooms is they price and they see what would happen on an average nightly basis of what they could get for the room okay and because the what the demand was so high right. during that period, they jacked the rates up through the roof, and people were like, "You're price gouging! You're going crazy!" And they're like, "No, technically we can legally do this." Oh, so, really? Yeah. Okay, so there. There you go. Kind of like so it's not really anything to do with taxes, right? But it's a way for them to to post what their range of the rates could be for that room. So we just recently had the Masters here. I know that's you know you can't stay anywhere near. 
Okay, Augusta. Augusta. Yeah. I mean, because it's so so expensive, but they're allowed to do that. They are. Okay. They are completely allowed to do that. Okay. Yeah. And you also hear about the master's rule, right? With homes and, and home oh, rentals. Oh, yes. Yeah. No. Well, tell me. I've heard about that. But yeah. So it's uh, people call it the master's rule. Basically, if you can, you can rent your house up to a maximum of 14 days mm-hmm. without having to record that rent. Um, for as income or as revenue. So you can have someone basically come in and stay in your house and you can rent it out for up to 14 days without having to report any of that income. Dang. Yes, as as income on your income taxes. Okay. So if you do an Airbnb for less than 14 days, you don't have to... Basically, no. Yeah. yeah, that's it's federal income tax rule. So they call oh, it's the, federal. It's not local. No, no, yeah, it has nothing to do. Real, I mean, it's okay. like, I, I guess state income tax. I don't know if I think Georgia mm-hmm. is the same way, but yeah, it, it basically it's called the master's rule. So you don't have to report that. Wow. Income. Yeah. Okay. So we've di- we, we've digressed. D- yes. Gone, gone off. JB, bring us back. Bring yeah. us back. Yeah, okay. I was wondering how much of our, our tic tacs we've actually already. Had. <laughs> uh, yeah, and yeah, and getting into tic tacs. I mean, obviously, we talked about occupancy taxes, right? Mm-hmm. So. Um, with the occupancy taxes, it's basically something that's over and above what a sales tax is. And that occupancy tax can be a percentage. It can be, um, you know, a, a flat fee. It could be anything that a, a city or a county or a state would want to impose um, on the short-term rental of a room. Okay. Right. So Texas has their own occupancy tax return. Um, you know, certain counties and cities in Georgia have their own occupancy taxes. Mobile, Alabama has their own occupancy tax. There's a number of jurisdictions in Alabama that actually do. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you also have per room night fees. Mm-hmm. A lot of jurisdictions do this as well. Tennessee, Alabama, a number of other uh, states of where, you know, they will actually charge or require, excuse me, a um, hoteler to or a lodger to actually collect per night fees mm-hmm. based off a number of taxable nights that they sell in a in a month in a period. Tell me about if I'm going off track. Sorry, JB, but tell me about like during COVID and everything was shut down, and I assume all these occupancy fees, hotel motel fees, are a critical source of revenue for a lot of states, especially mm-hmm. states say like Florida. Um, I assume that was a big deal. <laughs> oh, it was a huge deal. Yeah, um, so yeah, it was a massive, massive revenue loss. Right. Um, you know, and and frankly, um, it, it's a very interesting question, and and I think this even gets even broader than than mm-hmm. ec- you know the the economics of tax. I think if you just look at the economics of the lodging industry in mm-hmm. general, mm-hmm. Uh, the lodging industry was impacted. A, you know, it was crazy the amount of revenue that was lost. And you have hotels that basically were shuttered during COVID mm-hmm. that have actually never come back, okay? And, and they won't ever come back. Um, there's a, a, a lot of folks in the industry that actually believe that we were overlodged, that there was, you know, in certain jurisdictions, there were hotels that were running average occupancy of, you know, 40 to 42%. And that's what you, you typically look at vacancy rates to look at a success of a hotel, mm-hmm. right? And vac- vacancy rates and, ocu- you know, occupied room nights. <clears throat> and the thing is, is when we looked at over that COVID period, obviously your occupancy went basically to zero, right? Right, and, and they had nobody to staff the hotels, and that's what you're seeing now too. Like if you've traveled recently, and I'm sure a number of people who are listening have seen this, a lot of hotels haven't gone back to doing daily hospitality mm-hmm. service, like, you know, or, or right. you know, room service, room service, down service. Yeah, housekeeping, mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. of that nature. They'll just tell you, hey, if you need your roommate up, 
give us a call. We'll come up and we'll give you fresh towels, but there's no guarantee that we're actually going to turn down your room or that we're going to do anything. And a lot of that is because of staffing shortages and, and, and a lot of the things that were impacted during, you know, COVID or because of COVID. So jurisdictions lost an awful lot of money as well as the hotel industry, as well as the restaurant industry. Well, we're sure. going to talk about restaurant a lot of taxes, but yeah, just an interesting, you know, uh, thought of if that's a j significant source of your revenue right. for a state, again, like the state of Florida, the, the state that I'm from, yep. Uh, that was a big deal. It was a huge deal. Now, have they increased rates now that travel has mostly resumed to try to make up any revenue, um, you think? Or is it... You know, I don't know. Um, okay. I haven't really uh, looked at a, a tracking or, or to see, you know, what the differences were between certain jurisdictions pre-COVID and post-COVID, how they've actually adjusted their rate base. Mm -hmm. I can tell you that... Most jurisdictions are still, you know, and, and for the most part, I mean, we're seeing um, increases in rates, you know, in a number of different municipalities across the, you know, the U.S. as we normally do with sales and use. Right. Um, but <clears throat> in particular with with lodging taxes, I haven't seen like just a particular area to okay. be like, holy cow, this is crazy how much they've increased. It. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. For absolutely. us travelers. For you travelers. <laughs> yes. So. Yeah. What else on Tic Tacs? Did we get so we got occupancy? Oh, and exemptions. Oh, exemptions. <clears throat> yes. This is this is actually really kind of interesting. So when when you think about exemptions and documenting exemptions, it is a very interesting component of an audit for most uh, lodgers, um, hoteliers, however you want to say it. Um, for most people in the hotel industry, if you're actually going through an audit, the documentation that you keep for exempt stays is very critical. Um, certain jurisdictions, <clears throat> a couple come to mind. Uh, I'm one of my favorite states, Colorado, um, that you know. They, the cities actually in Colorado, because of the way that the laws are written, they're home rule jurisdictions, right? And for the, we haven't ever talked about this, and I think in the past, when we talk about home rule versus state administered uh, tax jurisdictions, what's the difference, Jenny? What's the difference between a home rule and a state administered tax jurisdiction? A home rule is basically a locality, right? Not a state tax, it's a city tax, a county tax. And who are you remitting the return to? To the state. Uh, but in but in a home rule, you're remitting it to who typically? Oh, the the city or the county. That's exactly yes. right. So mm -hmm. it's a tax that's imposed by right. the local jurisdiction that you're ultimately remitting to them. Right. Whereas state administered, you may have county taxes like Georgia's all state administered. Mm -hmm. Right. We have 159 counties mm -hmm. that all have their own rates, and mm -hmm. we have the city of Atlanta. Um, but it's all put on the Georgia ST3. Right. Whereas in Colorado, <clears throat> city of Longmont, city of Aurora, you remit what? their own returns. Yes. Okay. Yes. And, and and the thing is within those jurisdictions and how they can write their laws, their tax laws, um, they can require different exemptions than the state does. Right. Okay. So they can actually pass their own laws that may be different than the way that the state imposes the tax. And there are a few jurisdictions in Colorado that actually have different laws for documenting exemptions versus the state. Whereas <clears throat> JB decides that he's going to go and stay for 30 days at a courtyard by Marriott and Dang, JB. <clears throat> I know, right? And he's yeah, going to go he's going to go hang out in uh, let's say Westminster. I know. And he's hanging in the city of or Westminster. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> After 30 days, Colorado would say that you're automatically exempt. You don't have to mm. file anything, you don't have to provide anything. It's just on the 30th day, boom, guess what? No more taxes. So maybe I will save money by staying longer. You could. I know. You could. You do that math sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And aren't you taking a vacation soon? Yeah. Yeah, so we, need, we need to plan. I know. Yeah. 30 yeah. days, sorry. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm going to save money. <laughs> Not going to be missed. Just kidding. Um, anyways. Fair enough. So, but other jurisdictions in Colorado will instantaneously say, okay, on the 30th day, a person has to provide an exemption certificate or sign some affidavit that says that they have an intent to stay longer than 30 days. Okay. And if you don't get that intent, guess what? The exemption doesn't apply. We found this out under audits and it's really kind of weird, right? So you have to research the locals of where you're at and understand what their exemption requirements are for documentation before you just start exempting the people that are staying in your hotels. And it's it's very, very important. And as a person who goes and if you're going to go and stay at a hotel and you're going to be there for an extended period, you need to know that as well because you don't want the hotel to sit there and keep charging you tax when you shouldn't have to pay it. Can I just start selling exemption certificates online to people? So Did you really just ask that? <laughs> No, you cannot do that. That's not a side hustle I can have. No, there, there yeah. is no side hustle in that. Okay. But a lot of these states, too, and other municipalities will actually refund all of the tax that you had already paid mm -hmm. um, for that 30-day stay. Okay. They would refund it and apply it to your stay. Nice. Um, if it's greater than 30 days, because they technically say you don't actually owe any of the tax for the entire period. All right. I'll be working for Maspin for the next month. Uh, congratulations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Figure that yeah. out. Yeah. So you said a good way, a good thing to do is to check out um, one of the... Like the, the local rates. What's a bad way to do oh, that? Oh, yeah. What's a bad way to check out the local rate? Um, using chat GPT, <laughs> which I think but is a real quick segue. I thought it was the same as your brain. Uh, so yeah. I'm confused. Look. Yeah. <laughs> you can't know everything. Right? Well, it's not what I hear every day at work. <laughs> well, in all honesty... We actually did some research, and another gentleman that we work with, uh, a, a great guy, Roy Keeley, was um, actually talking to us about leveraging OpenAI and leveraging ChatGPT uh, to do tax research, right? Right. And so Roy decided to go out and start plugging in some questions into ChatGPT and firing them over to me and saying, hey, how do these look for tax research answers? And frankly, it, it was pretty good. Um, I will say, uh, okay. I, I, you know, I thought the results were all right. Um, but if you're not phrasing the question correctly, like if I just went in and said into ChatGPT, <clears throat> what is the sales tax rate on a hotel stay in Valdosta, Georgia? It's like Jeopardy. You have to phrase it in the form of question. In the correct form of the question. Correct form mm -hmm. of the question. That's yes. right. I can, okay. I can understand that analogy. You got it? Yes. Yes. Okay. Because you like Jeopardy. I do. You're I'm huge, awesome at it. You're yes. a huge Jeopardy fan. Yeah. You're just not so good at tax sure. quizzes. No, you know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe if you did them in the form of a question or I did, yeah. Be you phrased your answer phrase in the form, your answer of, a question. form of a question. Yes, I <laughs> would be, be better weird. at it. I know. Um, but no, but at the, at the end of the day, like it, it, it would give you a pretty decent um, response back and give you an, a, a fairly broad spread of what the rates might be. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't tell you this is the exact amount and this is what you should collect, right? Got it. And it even set, tells you, it says, this is not a tax professional's answer. You need to cons consult a right. tax professional. So a lot of people ask this question like, oh my gosh, AI is going to replace my job. AI is going to replace the way that, you know, artificial intelligence is going to replace the way that we do compliance and the way that we do tax research right. and everything else. It's going to be a tool. It's going to be something that I think Absolutely. is going to help us, yes. but it is not going to be the definitive end all be all research answer because there's a lot of other things that go to, like if I went and I typed in um, and tested software and I said, is software taxable in the state of California? 
Well, Sometimes. what kind of what yeah. kind of software? Yeah, it, <laughs> it's a favorite of... sales tax answer, right? It yes, de- it depends. It depends on the state. <laughs> depends on the state. Dots. Dots. Yes, that's it. Depends, depends on, on the state. state. <laughs> and, and and the thing is, it also depends on the circumstance. It depends. Right. Okay, is it load and leave? Is it mm-hmm. you know can software? Is it customized? What is customized software? And you have to get into all these definitions and figure all this stuff out. That's why I think ChatGPT and moving into the future is going to be a really interesting tool to help us with our jobs, it's not going to be something that replaces our jobs. That makes a lot of sense. It's just not as granular as it needs to be, it sounds like. You know, you're asking it a question, it's going to say it depends. So you have to go do your own research, just like we do every day. Right, because I mean, outside of just looking at, you know, statutory guidance, we also have regulations. Right. I have to look at what court cases. Right. Right. And, And understanding how all those things play in and the hierarchy of authority. As it stands right now, artificial intelligence isn't smart enough, I think, to grab all of those particulars and bring them all together and create a definitive answer or a, you know, a concrete response back and saying this is an opinion. Right. Right. But it was pretty fun. I had never touched or done anything with ChatGPT until we were researching for this episode. And I was like, oh, wow. okay, it is just like a. Little Google machine. Just right. type in a question and it. Yeah. You can ask Jeez. it anything. I know. It's so awesome. It is awesome. Yeah. Like, so. what's your favorite flavor of ice cream? Like, what's the best flavor of ice cream that's out there? And it says, oh, I don't have opinions. I'm just a machine. But the most popular flavors of ice cream are, and then it will spit out like the top like ten most popular fla- you know flavors of ice cream. And you're like, oh, that's pretty interesting. So, I know. I wish I, I could feel like use... it's just a fancy version of Ask Jeeves. Right. Like I know that works. Like, I was... Remember the Ask Jeeves? It just didn't work. You Dude, it was terrible. No one I wanted to do more <laughs> like, hey, does how does my hair look? Or yeah. do these pants make me look fat? And even Chappie GPT is like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not getting into no. that. <laughs> I get Chat GPT is kind of a husband. It's like trying know. to hit on Chat GPT is a really good segue into the pop quiz. <laughs> and it, yeah, I'm just uh, asking uh, Chat so GPT we, for so, help, so we can avoid Jenny having a third husband. That's <laughs> last name is now Chat GPT. <laughs> it has a nice ring to it. <laughs> Jenny GPT. <laughs> I don't hate it. <laughs> My first name could be Chat, though. It could be. It very well could be. <laughs> I should just change it. Yes. Anyway. Yes. Segway. Not an awkward segue at all. Pop quiz time. Pop quiz time. Oh, boy. All right. Okay. I went first last time, so you get to go first this time. Okay. Um... Well, should I get my chat? Yes, it is. Uh, yeah, on the season, chat. it is two to two. Two, two to two. two. Let me get my chat GPT out here. And remember, we're, we're, we're moving towards a prize of someone having to read a positive statement about the other individual. Oh, my gosh. Like I said, I'm so excited. to. It's do like the video. Saturday Night Live bit of them writing each other's jokes. Yes. Yes. I know. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, yeah, Colin Joe's to Michael Che. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's going to be awesome. We definitely need to write each other some jokes, too, sometime. Um, well, I, I typed in to ChatGPT, how much is the occupancy tax at Disney World? But that's kind of granular. I feel like that's not really a fair question. Like, how would you know that? Well, let's see if he gets it right. Are okay. you at, You're asking me what the occupancy tax yeah. is at Disney World? What is World? it at Walt Disney World? Dude. What's the rate? I'm not a walking rate table. I um, thought you were ChatGPT, remember? Didn't they download your brain into ChatGPT? <sighs> Okay, so, so maybe city I of or- well, actually, it's not city of Orlando. It's what? What is that weirdo city? It's something park. Um, um, oh no, something creek. Reedy Creek. Reedy Creek. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. been in the news a little bit. No, just a little. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you. Shh. <laughs> Shh. 
Um, I can tell you what the state of Florida sales tax rate is, plus what the county rate would be, right? Perfect. Eight and a quarter. Well, what's the sales tax rate uh, in the state of Florida? 7%. No, no. Oh, oh God. Nick's going to kill me. He is going to kill you. Is it 6%? Yeah, you go. got it. Yeah, it's 6%. I don't and know. We said a lot of numbers. And <laughs> I was rolling every single Eight, one back in seven, my brain. Florida is a little complicated in a lot of ways. Because I mean, the single I'm, article surtax. Like, I, I am from Florida, so I can say this. Yes, it is a very strange date, as we all know, in a lot of ways. So You have 6%. Um, let's yes. see. So for, so 6% for Florida. Then you have one and a quarter for Reedy Creek. Is that right? Well, here we go. This is where you're, I think you're making your point about ChatGPT not having all the answers. Let me read this answer. The occupancy tax at Walt Disney World Resort in Florida is currently 6%, which makes sense. But wait, hold on. Is that 6% on top of the sales tax rate? 6% it should plus be. 6%? Yeah, it should be because I can tell you it's not just 6%, right? Yeah. Because so you're, you're not just going to charge the Florida rate. You also got to have county right. and city and everything else in there. Yeah, so 6%. I'm going to go with everybody's wrong. ChatGPT yeah. and Tim. Right. So then that means nobody's wrong. Nobody's wrong. ChatGPT is Tim. JB, do we need to have a conversation after this? <laughs> <laughs> but listen, right. listen. Okay, it says this tax applies to the room rate as well as any other fees or charges associated with the rooms, such as resort fees or parking fees. <clears throat> However, it's important to note that the occupancy tax rate is subject to change, so it's always a good idea to confirm the current rate with a hotel or with a tax professional. So just to your point, isn't that funny? That is kind of funny. That is what... It didn't even mention anything about sales tax. No. Which we know the room's going to be subject to sales yeah, tax. Yeah, it just says the... Well, I, I did ask. I said, what is the occupancy tax rate at Disney World? And yeah. it gave me 6%. There we go. But it didn't say, hey, it's 6% on top of 6%. Right. Yeah. So. Uh, Tim, what's your question? Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> not, expen- not expecting Jenny to just like absolutely nerd out. Um, what is the typical length of a stay for a room to not be considered taxable? Oh, I was just learning about this a few minutes ago, wasn't I? Yes, you were. 14 days? 30 days. Oh, I thought it was 14 I days. I remembered that one. It's 30 days. Well, I knew it was 30 or 14, but what's the four? Is that extended stay? <laughs> I didn't mention anything about 14 Yes, days. he did. I don't believe he did. He did say 14 days. No, I swear to God. Yeah. Phil says no to him. Yeah. Phil, Phil, Phil for uh, real? No, Phil, Phil, Phil working the board back there is like looking at Jenny like she's crazy. Where did I get 14 days from? I don't know. No. Awesome. Well, at least we've evened the score. Yeah. So what's your, All right, what's your second Jenny, question? Jenny. question I'm going to listen back to this tape. I know for sure there was 14 days in there somewhere. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. Uh, well, this is a, a softball. I don't know, but I I, I just asked Chappie GPT this while we were talking about Disney World. Um, what happens if I own a hotel and don't charge occupancy tax? What happens if you own a hotel and do not charge occupancy tax? Um, you're going to get assessed by the local jurisdiction with penalties and interest, typically under an audit. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Good I mean, Chat GPT is not messing around. It says, um, if you own a hotel and do not charge occupancy tax, you will be in violation, result in penalties, fines, or legal action. Failure to do so could result in charges of tax evasion, which can carry serious consequences, including criminal charges and fines. So ChatGPT is also your mom. Yeah, and ChatGPT seems a little stricter than even Tim Howe, which I is know. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's definitely not from your brain. All right, Tim, I love what's your it. next question? Uh, my next question is... Um, if it is not a sales tax, what's another name for a hotel-based tax? 
Occupancy test. There you go. Look, that's a softball. <laughs> softball. We've been talking about it too much. I mean, dude, I, there you go. I had to throw one out there. <laughs> All right. Last question, Jenny. Well, I kind of muffed this because we talked about it earlier. What is a stadium tax? What is a stadium tax? I know. Yeah, it's a tax that. that's either levied on to a hotel occupant or it could be a restaurant charge or it could be um, even a car rental type, type charge, depending on the location, that will fund... Uh, the building or, you know, construction or even maintenance, future maintenance of a stadium. But people, um, constituents have to vote on that, right? Or not, because there have been, in the history of the world, stadiums that were not built because they couldn't pass a stadium tax. A hundred percent. And in a lot of jurisdictions, those types of taxes do require constituents to actually vote on them. You can't just make up a tax. Right. And, 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 and you know, uh, that's the great thing about the United States of America and, and, and living here, right? America. You know, no taxation without representation. Yes. Right? in D.C. Uh, in D.C. <laughs> It's on their license plate, I'm just saying. (laughs) (laughs) But the fact is, Boston Tea Party, get back to the American Revolution, and hey, guess what? That was one of our biggest arguments. Like, we had no say in the king dropping taxes on us, and that's the whole point here, is that we have to have some form of say in our tax rate increases and new taxes that are created and other types of things. And we, you know, we talked about this in a previous, you know, another episode about, you know, how they pass certain fees in other states without people being able to vote on them and they just Mm kind of snuck them into the budget Mm -hmm. right and that's a big no-no and we will not mention those states again no as to not offend them we've already been written down we're already gonna be audited we already have to apologize all we gotta say is they love john denver so (laughs) (laughs) who doesn't (laughs) last question tim for jenny all right last question for me what is a type of documentation that is required for a government exemption in a hotel room it's a certificate what kind of certificate? Yeah. Uh, a long-term stay uh, certificate <laughs> for 30 days. <laughs> <laughs> you think all the answers are just 30? No. <laughs> Maybe when that was in doubt. Right. When in doubt. 30. <laughs> it's a governmental exemption certificate. Oh, that's so dumb. Okay, governmental. And what can that be? That's you dumb. could be a photocopy of a government ID is sometimes acceptable. Sometimes they actually have to have an exemption form that says that they're a government employee and they have to fill out this special form. Always check with the front desk. Always, Always check. check with the hotel. Or person. check out my online store where I sell all the exemption certificates. Jenny does not sell <laughs> exemption certificates. Well, she done. She did get two points. That's and two points for Tim. So we are still at this point <laughs> deadlocked. In the deadlocked. I feel like I should get minus points though for the fourteen days. No, I it's like, no, I'm just wrong. No, it's, it's just not, I don't. Not one. I don't like being wrong though. Not one is negative one. I know. <laughs> That's math. Biggest, bad, the yeah. biggest thing to remember, I think, and take away from this entire episode is just the complexities of owning and operating a hotel and even the idea of an Airbnb. Like we didn't even talk about in Florida, if you actually have a rental property in Florida that you technically have to file property tax returns. Like mm-hmm. if you're actually doing right. vacation rentals in Florida, short-term vacation rentals in Florida carry natural sales tax with them. This actually predated... Uh, uh, Airbnb and and Verbo. Verbo, right? I yeah. guess. <laughs> I don't know. But anyways, uh, you actually would have the requirement to file a sales tax return in the state of Florida if you actually did short-term rentals. Real quick, maybe a quick tic-tac. If you are interested, say you own a house in Augusta and, and you're interested in turning your house into an Airbnb, what do they need to know? 
what do they need to know? Um, I mean, and, and a lot of it is like in, in Georgia first, I'd research with the local jurisdiction to see if there's occupancy taxes that are imposed on on Airbnbs or, or Verbos. Okay, it'll automatically tell you like if you go to the jurisdictional website if you go to the city of augusta or if you're you know um you even go to the state of georgia website and you type in and you actually look as you know is my airbnb subject to sales tax in the state of georgia it will give you the guidance as to you know what those you know particulars are and what you okay. need to register for again consult with a tax person, right? Now, I don't want every single person who out there is owning an Airbnb. Yes, call Tim. Don't. <laughs> Here's your cell phone number. <laughs> um, but in all honesty, do some easy research, and it will tell you if you're actually subject to it, if you're subject to paying property taxes, like business personal property taxes on the furniture and stuff like that that you own if you decide to turn this in. Some of them have length of stay requirements, too, or length of rental requirements. That's the 14 days. What's that? I think the Airbnb exemption. Um, thinking of. <clears throat> the what you were thinking about is a master's. Knew it. Yeah, the master's. <laughs> See, master's. whatever, yeah. JB. That one's on Phil. No. Yeah, yeah. yeah you are all wrong. <laughs> Surprise. Yeah, yeah. But the master's exemption had to do with income tax. It has nothing to do with this. I just knew there was 14 days. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Well, anyways, uh, um, we're like to right, close yeah, this out. Yeah, we have a list of people who need to apologize. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh, gosh. Quick. Gosh. Um, okay. All the right. Verbo marketing team. Oh. You know, they, they worked hard on that, I'm sure. Oh, uh, Phil, for you trying to break the mic. Phil, earlier. oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, Colorado again makes the list. Why did Colorado make I the list? I can't remember, but we said something. Man. Um, Look, my, I have family that lives in Colorado, so just understand that I love that state, but. They, I think you called them weird, maybe. The altitude, well, look, weird. the altitude the messes chair. with them. I think it messes with their legislative ability, but anyways. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good, pretty good apology. Yeah, it's awesome. Sorry, Colorado, the altitude messes with your legislative ability. <laughs> um, okay, then uh, you have to apologize to Jenny for saying you won't miss her during her vacation. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Jenny. Yep, yeah, yeah, it sounded legit, too. <laughs> um, the, the people of Reedy Creek. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, we kind of... You know, yeah, they've got enough going on. Yeah. And then uh, Jeopardy fans. You said Jeopardy fans with a slight disdain in your voice. Yeah, I didn't appreciate that. I'm actually a big Jeopardy fan myself. I used yeah. to watch it with my dad all the time. Oh. And I actually couldn't tell. Washington, D.C., do we need to apologize to them? No. No? I was sticking up for them. <laughs> I, I feel like... The way he says no may, makes yeah. me think the answer is yes. Yes. Look, they're not our 51st state, okay? <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll cover that more in our region, regional topics. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right, we'll do well. a deep dive on DC. Close it out. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Um, if you, as always, have questions or if you want to help ride our show, you can call in and uh, leave us a message and we'll be happy to, uh, you know, address those questions or you can contact us, uh, um, you know, leave comments and actually write a review. Uh, we'd love to hear a review of the podcast. It's a great way to get our name out. Um, and, and, you know, thank you very much for listening. Thanks, Jenny. Thank you, Tim. I learned a lot today. Good. I'm glad you did. Yes. JB, as always, thanks for keeping us between the dishes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Absolutely. Love it. Talk Good to y'all next you. time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.